the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up right here on Catholic Community Media. We're so glad to have you join us on this beautiful Tuesday morning, January the 3rd, 2023. You guys, good morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quivido and Damian Collado. Hey, guys. Good happy morning. New Year. Happy New, new Year. year. I think, right. I, you know, it takes me a while to start writing 2023. You know, the new year? It uh-huh. does. I need a little time to get used to that. But that okay. seems like, does it, doesn't it seem like... 2000 was so, uh, sometimes it seems like it was just right then when we were all worried about Y2K and all that stuff, oh, right? That, yeah. that was 23 years ago. <laughs> yes, <Whoa>. I know. <laughs> that I remember crazy. all the computers were going to shut down. Right? The whole everything, world was going to stop. ATMs oh weren't going to work. And here we are 23 like, years later, nothing changed. Right? Right? Exactly. Yeah. Life yeah. moving right along. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, today Thank we, you, Lord. That's right. Amen. We, today we celebrate the memorial of the most holy name of Jesus. So let's start this morning morning with prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. O God, who founded the salvation of the human race on the incarnation of your word, give your peoples the mercy they implore so that all may know there is no other name to be invoked but the name of your only begotten Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You can catch us live on our YouTube channel. You can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Community Media. I say that because sometimes the Facebook video does not stream or it skips. So you can go and watch us on there. And it usually almost always works. So (laughs) go and subscribe and hit the bell. So every time we go live or post a video, you can check us out. Of course, we remember uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI today and his passing. I don't know if you guys have been catching up with the news or seeing his body um, laying there. And uh, it's it's actually quite shocking to see that. Uh, you know, of course, we hear about it, but when you actually see it, you're like, oh, my goodness. So we continue to pray uh, for the repose of his soul, uh, Pope Francis, and, of course, everyone. Uh, but quite interesting to see. I, I was a kid when Pope St. John Paul II passed away. I was in New Orleans at St. Louis Cathedral uh, in 2005. I was in the sixth grade. So, uh, so it was a long time ago. Uh, but, um, we continue to pray for him. We have some events in your listening area. We will give you details about in today's show. Stay with us. Leticia Adams joins us in 18 minutes. Catholic author. She's going to talk about Our Lady of Hot Messes. This was such a great interview we had, uh, a few weeks ago with Leticia. We're going to continue our discussion with her. 
In 35 minutes, Michael Ocaldo at St. Vincent de Paul will update us. And in 48 minutes, uh, Ava Montaigne joins us. She's the co-chair for Walk for Life West Coast. She's going to be talking about the upcoming March for Life in San Francisco, you guys. This is the largest March for Life rally uh, march on the West Coast. Yes, there's one That's on the West amazing. Coast. amazing. We'll this surprises me every year when we talk about that that would be the largest. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. But Damien, what's the weather looking like today? Well, we're going to have strong thunderstorms moving into our area later this morning and early afternoon. They won't last too long because they're coming through pretty quickly. Uh, as the cold, uh, cool front pushes through, uh, wind's going to be out of the south-southwest at about 10 to 20 miles an hour. Could have a tornado or hail in some areas. I don't think that's going to happen this far south. Uh, it's going to be primarily north Louisiana as, uh, again, the winds push everything toward the, the northeast. In the meantime, temperatures are going to be in the low 70s. Lows are going to be in the upper 40s. And it's going to be beautiful starting tomorrow all the way through the rest of the week. we got a beautiful Tuesday plan for you. Stick around on Wake Up. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from John chapter 1. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from the sky and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. We heard the gospel, and now we reflect. John opens his wonderful gospel with a literary creation week of seven days. On the first day, John the Baptist bears witness to Jesus as the longed-for Messiah. On the second day, Jesus appears in the gospel for the first time, and the Baptist again gives his testimony about him. John sees Jesus and declares, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. The title, Lamb of God, captures several biblical themes. First, the Lamb is central to the Passover liturgy, which celebrates the Exodus when God acted mightily to save the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. Jesus is the true Passover lamb whose sacrificial death brings about deliverance from sin and reconciliation with God. Second, the title lamb resonated with the temple's sacrificial system in which lambs, as well as other animals, were offered to God in worship. These lambs symbolized the people's desire to have their sins purged and to be reconciled with God. Jesus, of course, is much more than a symbol, for his death conquers both sin and death. Finally, the prophet Isaiah described the suffering servant of the Lord who goes to his death to obtain forgiveness for our sins as he is led as a lamb to the slaughter. After this marvelous revelation, John next refers to Jesus' divine dignity a man coming after me, who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. 
These words recall the prologue that instructs us that the divine word existed eternally with God the Father, far before creation came about. It is also significant that John recognized Jesus when he saw the Spirit descend and rest upon him. So, too, it is true for us. We can only recognize Jesus as the divine Son of God when we surrender to the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit, a spirit of love and truth. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of faith. Let us pray fervently. Come, Holy Spirit. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Brother Jimmy Sagers, and also Father Chris Decker. Welcome back to Wake Up Tuesday morning, January 3rd. That's right. It's not Monday. Uh, Welcome back to work for those of you who are getting back to the grind, and for those of you who started yesterday, God bless you. And, you know, January 13th, which is a week from this Friday, RetroVi is a program designed to provide help and support to married couples who are undergoing difficulties in their relationship. It's sponsored by the Catholic Church, and RetroVi is open to couples of all faith. It is proven helpful to couples who are troubled and are stressed, or if their relationship is kind of growing a little distant or mm-hmm. cold. Uh, the next RetroVi weekend will be January 13th through the 15th, at the William J. Kelly Retreat Center. That's in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. If you want to register or need additional information, uh, go to RetroVi's website, which is RetroVinola at gmail.com. I'm sorry, that's the email address. RetroVinola at gmail.com, or the website is marriage.org. That's pretty okay. easy. That, that one's marriage. easy. Marriage.org. Yeah, marriage.org. Yeah. Kind of jumped the gun on like the website. That That's yeah. okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, on January 11th, Our Lady of the Lake Church in Mandeville is starting their Redbird Ministry. Uh, it's every Thursday, or every second Thursday, and uh, it's at 6.30 p.m. in their cafeteria. If you're not familiar with Redbird Ministries, for grieving parents uh, who've lost a child from miscarriage, stillborn infancy, or young child, or an adult child, uh, you can join it. Again, that's at Our Lady of the Lake Church in Mandeville in their cafeteria. It's at 6.30 p.m. on the second Thursday of every month. And that begins again this Thursday, or next Thursday, January 11th. Uh, grandparents are also welcome to attend. For more information, you can contact Jewel Bahi, and I'm going to give you her phone number. Gabby will also post that, I'm sure. It's 504-330-5975, and that's Redbird Ministry at Our Lady of the Lake in Mandeville. Great. Well, ladies, the wine conference is just a week away at Our Lady of Mercy Church in Baton Rouge. The theme is Anchor of Hope, and it's going to be happening on Saturday, January 28th. Uh, Ignite your spirit. Join women from around the Diocese of Baton Rouge for a day of inspiration, faith, fellowship, and fun. The cost is $65 for early registrants and $85. So it's actually after the early bird registration period, so it'll be $85. But you guys, I have been to every one 
wine conference uh, that has been put on in South Louisiana, and they are fun. They are so widely attended, so highly recommend checking it out. Speakers include Kay Cleveland, Leah Jacobson, and Erin Franco. Of course, so many other women as well will be speaking, emceeing, and presenting. Uh, you can go to, and you know what? I'm just going to post a link in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video, but this event is on our website calendar at ccmedia.live. Click on events and news and you'll click calendar and it'll be right on there. So great event. Very good. And encourage. You've heard of that. Yes, we And we've had Father mm-hmm. Matt Dunn on the air talking about yeah. that. Encourage is a ministry with Encourage itself dedicated to the spiritual needs of parents, siblings, children, and other relatives and friends of persons who have same-sex attraction. Standing by the true teachings of the Roman Catholic Church, Encourage members uh, support one another and their loved ones through discussion, prayer, and fellowship. So if you're interested and you need more information in the New Orleans area, uh, contact Father Jeremy at extension 1505 at St. Catherine of Siena Church. Uh, That's Father Jeremy at extension 1505 when you call the church uh, directory, or you can email him at frjeremy at scschurch.com. Okay, well, we've got some of those events and some of that information out to everyone. Congratulations to Tulane, by the way. Big win yesterday and the Fighting Tigers of LSU as well. We've got more coming your way here on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 3rd. Today, we celebrate the most holy name of Jesus. St. Paul might claim credit for promoting devotion to the holy name, because he wrote in the letter to the Philippians that God the Father gave Christ Jesus the name that is above every name. But devotion to the holy name of Jesus first became popular because of 12th century Cistercian monks and nuns. Later, Bernardine of Siena, a 15th century Franciscan, used devotion to the holy name of Jesus as a way of overcoming bitter and often bloody class struggles and family rivalries or vendettas in Italian city-states. The devotion continued to grow through Franciscan and Dominican preachers. It spread even more widely after the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits, began promoting the holy name in the 16th century. In 1721, Pope Innocent XIII extended this feast to the entire church. The letters IHS that we often see carved on altars or embroidered on vestments are an abbreviation of the Greek name of Jesus. Jesus died and rose for the sake of all people. He reminds us that because we are all related to him, we are therefore all related to one another. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Good morning. It's 19 minutes after the hour on Wake Up. I'm Alicia Quibodeau with Gabby Smith and Damian Collado. You know, at the end of November, we had Letitia Adams on talking about her new book, Our Lady of Hot Messes, and we had such a great interview with her. I'm thrilled that she is back for another go. Good morning, Letitia. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm so happy to uh, visit with you. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Thank you. Well, you know, we we didn't even get a chance to scratch the surface on your book because we were having such a great time visiting uh, when you were on at the end of November last. Um, But I, you know, I love this book, Letitia, um, 
it reminds us, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, this happens to me often. I feel like I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I'm living a prayerful life. Everything's going well. I hop in the car. Somebody cuts me off and I've lost it all. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> no, you know, then, then I realize after, oh, exactly. man. Yeah, you're so happy. You're like looking at the sunset and you're just thanking God for your life. And then all of a sudden the wrong person crosses your path and you just feel like you lost all that peace. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Especially in Baton Rouge. Mm. Happens a lot. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so, traffic as well, honestly. <laughs> yes, yes, I bet. I bet. Well, Letitia, let's talk about uh, what encouraged you to write this book, Our Lady of Hot Messes. Um, well, the first thing was is that, you know, um, in March of 2017, my oldest son died by suicide. And, and as I was looking, um, through a lot of social media content, I didn't, I didn't really see a space for lamenting. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we have a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations, and, and I started reading it, and then I just didn't see that in social media. And I, I had seen a lot of people that were struggling through things, but it always felt as if for Catholics, when we suffer through things, we still have to put a nice bow on it for mm. the public view. Yes. And I think that that just comes with public facing people anyway. Like, I think that that's just our instinct in the first place. Like we, especially when we want people to, to understand the beauty of Catholicism, like we want them to understand the beauty of our faith and, and mm-hmm. the joy that we get in, in knowing Jesus and in, praying the rosary and all this stuff. Yes. But there's also certain elements of humanness in our life, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, you're doing everything great, then you're in traffic, and, you know, I have this bad habit of flipping people off in traffic. <laughs> um, and it's like, where's those, like, how do you do that? How do you deal with that life, you know? Yes, yes. How do you deal with the grief of losing a child to suicide? And so I kind, I kind of just, wanted to create that space because I know, obviously, we all go through things in life. So I wanted to create that space. And I started a long time ago blogging. Um, but that was kind of when I was still a pretty arrogant convert where, you know, I wish I wish there was a way to bottle up the energy and love of the church that converts have because we just really think we know yes. everything and that we're on the top of the world. Um <clears throat> But this was different for me. But I did have this knack for getting people to um, say, like, oh, my gosh, no one's ever said this before. Like, I've always felt this, but I've never read it or I've never seen anyone talk about it as from a theological point of view. And so <clears throat> after losing Anthony, I wanted to do that with grief. Like, uh-huh. how do you deal with your anger towards God for your child being gone? And the fact that God can handle that, you know, and that we can show up as our true selves and it's all going to be okay. And I think it's so great that we're talking today because that's the thing that I love the most about Pope Benedict's writing. Yes. Um, I, I know so many people who, you know, he has so many great quotes. It's easy to, to pull out these quotes, but when you read him thoroughly, I mean, he has just this great way 
of expressing the reality of being human while loving Jesus and the complication in that, you know, like yes. you want to love everyone because you know they're made in the image and likeness of God, but there's always that one person that you're like, are you sure <laughs> right. this person included in this, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. Such a great way. Yeah. Well, you know, and I love that 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 you're so real because I I agree with you, especially when you know we talk about social media every now and again on Wake Up and and um you know you don't always see the genuine people's true selves on you know when yeah. when you're when you're scrolling you don't always see the messiness and and life is messy and I love that you acknowledge that. Yeah. It is. It's it's very messy and it's very complicated. It's not as easy as you know waking up, going to daily mass, praying your daily rosary, wishing well on everyone that crosses your path. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, and and the thing about it is, is that like not even the saints were like that. You know, um, yes. not they all. You know, they all had their flaws because they were human beings and. and and that's just the way I think sometimes we lose that authenticity with our saints. And so therefore we think that we have to lose ours. And, and that's just not how God, I think God is entertained by our messiness. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I agree. And you know, it, it is interesting. And, and you mentioned the life of the saints that when we really dive deep into their lives, they were humans. They did make mistakes. Yeah. Their lives were not always, you know, there wasn't a, a choir of angels surrounding them their entire lives. Um, exactly. and th- it gives us hope. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It, and that's, and that's the thing. I think that you lose a lot of hope when you're trying to hit this ideal Catholic life. Yes. Because that, that ideal is it's true. We should we we should strive for it, right? But we're mm-hmm. not ever going to hit it until we are in heaven, until we are saints ourselves. As long as we're on the journey to that point yes. of being in the face of God and being a saint, and Him saying you made it, you know, <laughs> until that point, <laughs> we're right. messy. And the authenticity of that is where we get our hope because the hope isn't in us and the hope isn't in us doing the right thing and not flipping off people in traffic or not, you know, being irritated by someone. The hope is in that somehow, some way God is going to, you know, what is the the prayer, you know, make us a saint. He's going to make us a saint. Mm -hmm. We're not making ourselves saints. We can't do that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Leticia, you talk about becoming Catholic didn't mean that, that your past, your bad choices, your difficult past were, were erased. Can you expand upon that? <laughs> yeah, um, I had, I did have this crazy idea, and I think it's just because I raised myself Protestant, so it was kind of a different way of looking at it, or or it was just my crazy imagination that God somehow was going to be my fairy godmother, like Cinderella, <laughs> and make all my wishes come true the second that I, quote unquote, did the right thing. Like, if God's sitting there just pawning for me, and then when I turn my life to him, then everything's just going to be better. And that just wasn't what happened. Of course, you know, there's miracles every day where God heals people in the most miraculous ways, mm-hmm. and he does that 
for his own reasons. But for the most part, the most of most of us have to go to therapy. You know, yeah. most of us <laughs> have to deal with our stuff and our life and our choices and make and learn to make different choices. We have to learn to grow mm-hmm. as people. And what I've seen, there, you know, at a certain point, I was kind of um, jealous of people that did have it a little bit easier. But what I'm now looking back, I realized that doing all of that work in therapy and accepting responsibility for what is my choices and learning to let go of things that aren't my responsibility mm-hmm. is part of the journey to holiness. Wow. You know, um, I think we think that the journey to holiness is, um, you know, mass and rosaries, and we forget mm-hmm. that the path to holiness is shedding all of the broken parts of us and letting God heal those in real ways mm-hmm. by recognizing what's ours and what isn't ours to carry it forward. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So Letitia, you, you um, talk about that God and therapy and caring priests are what helped you through uh, this terrible time of brokenness after you lost your son so tragically. Um, and, and I love that you, out of that came this beautiful gift that you are a Catholic speaker and author, as we know, of Our Lady of Hot Messes. Uh, but you go around, you talk about uh, talk to people who are going through life but don't know how to show up for their own lives. So talk about talk about what you mean by that. Don't know how to show up for their own lives. I mean, I think you know. Again, it just goes back to that authenticity where it's where it's you. You have to show up as yourself mm-hmm. in your life. Like, who are you? What are the gifts that God has given you, and how? How do you show up like that? Like, for instance, I um, I love to bake for, like, you know, here and there, like, little occasions. But yeah. I'm not a baker, right? But someone right. is. Someone can make these beautiful cakes. Like, when you show up as that, the people that love making pizzas or the people that are good at growing vegetables. Like, God's given us all gifts. That's what right. are those gifts and how are you stepping into your life and those gifts and showing up for yourself, you That's know, right. and it's not going to look like the person next to you. That's right. That's uh, right. Letitia Adams, Catholic author and speaker talking about Our Lady of Hot Message. Check it out at AveMariaPress.com. You can also go to her website, LetitiaOAdams.com. Thanks for joining us on Wake Up this morning. up on this Tuesday morning, uh, Damian Colano, along with Alicia Quibito and Gabby Smith, and our special guest, Michael Acaldo, President and CEO of St. Vincent de Paul of Baton Rouge, here to give us his monthly update and what's going on in and around our area. And Michael, good morning to you, brother. Happy New Year. Good morning. Happy New Year to you and uh, Gabby and uh, everybody. I tell you, uh, there at Catholic Community Radio uh, Media, media, um, yeah, y'all. That's right. And uh, um, yeah, uh, what a great year 2022 was. Um, you know, we served uh, over 250,000 people last year uh, meals at our dining room. We uh, are uh, targeted to expand the number of meals that we're serving at St. Jared this year, going from two days of service to uh, three days. The need in 
that yeah the need in that part of the community is is, is uh, much greater mm-hmm. uh as it is throughout the community uh christmas day we served uh over 950 meals uh 300 of which we delivered on christmas day and 600 there right there at our dining room so um you know with the with inflation and uh and uh, all of the things uh Going up in the grocery stores, we've certainly seen an increased need uh, for the services we provide, not only our dining facility, but also our, our parish ministries that make the home visits, uh, seeing a lot more calls for just the basic necessities, whether it's uh, rent, uh, whether it's uh, electrical, uh, help with utility and electrical bills. Um, the need is certainly, certainly up. So. I think that uh, 2023, uh, hopefully, um, the recession that has been talked about over the last six months to the to a year, uh, hopefully that doesn't happen this year. But mm. uh, we're preparing for um, if it does, and yeah. um, and if so, we can uh, better reach those who are uh, in need of the services that we provide. Um, well, I know the you're a, now. Yeah, you're a, you're a planner, and uh, yeah, I do want to touch on uh, you know with the cold snap coming back again. It's warmed up, but uh, you know, being uh, you know the CEO, what are some of the key things that you guys are focusing on? Whether it be growth or whether it be needs, what are maybe the top two or three things you hope to accomplish and improve upon in in 2023? No doubt about it that strategically we do want to do the things we do uh, better and more efficiently because we realize that, um, you know, the economic outlook is not, um, is not as positive as we would like to see it. So from a planning standpoint, we want to be as prepared as we, we can. So while we want to grow uh, to better meet the needs of the community, we also want to uh, really forecast if uh, a recession hits, what does that mean to the need in the community and how can we best um, meet that need? And it's just like uh, the cold snap uh, uh, during the Christmas uh, uh-huh. uh, holidays there, right? You know, uh, I, I'm starting my 34th year here at St. Vincent de Paul and um so 33 Christmases, I've never seen cold weather like this. No, you know, um, it was um, it was especially challenging for us. But uh, whether you're planning for um, a year or you're planning for uh, a change in what you typically see around Christmas time, um, you have to do it. Uh, we uh, very successful in our. Our, our Christmas gift distribution. We helped uh, well over 3,000 kids uh, this uh, past Christmas season. Uh, but um, the week before Christmas, uh, um, we were uh, struggling to not only fulfill the request for gifts of uh, children uh, throughout the area, but having to deal with uh, sheltering people. Um, Today and yesterday is typically what we see on Christmas and Christmas Eve in the Baton Rouge community. So while uh, 70 degrees is um, 
what we typically see on Christmas Day, um, you know, in the 20s is not. And mm-hmm. so that really made us shift our focus and really um, have to change the kind of the way we conducted uh, uh, those Christmas uh, how, efforts. Yeah, uh, how did you provide uh, extra yeah. beds and, and shelter? Uh, you just squeezed everybody in, Michael? Basically, yes. And now that the pandemic has kind of COVID and the number of cases has uh, dramatically decreased, uh, we were able to do so. So Great. we uh, ex- expanded our men's facility by double. Uh, we opened our overflow shelter, uh, which provided an additional 36 beds. Uh, so we really flexed and uh, we didn't turn anyone uh, in need of shelter away during that cold snap. And so uh, it was particularly challenging on staff and our volunteer groups, but uh, they did a marvelous job responding in, uh, in, a, in a challenging time. Yeah. How did the collection drive wrap up, or is it still underway? No, it just wrapped up at the end of, uh, of last week, December 31st, our last day to collect. And certainly people are encouraged to continue to give the items, whether it's uh, soap, shampoo, deodorant, those toiletry items that are so important to the men, women, and children that we provide uh, overnight accommodation to. Um, and so it did quite well. And uh uh, but uh, depending on how many more cold days we hmm. have this winter uh, will depend on, um, you know, how much uh, additional support we need in yeah. those areas. There, You never can have enough of those basic essentials on uh, in stock to uh, serve people in need. Yeah, you're right. And not only that, you know, a lot of people get new blankets uh, for Christmas. Don't throw the old ones away, right, Michael? Bring them to you guys. No doubt. Uh, blankets, if you got towels, sheets, we can put all those things to good use. And, uh, you know, you're, uh, you know, I was amazed at the number of people that responded. There were some people that came to us uh, at the Bishop High Shelter Program, and that's what they asked for. They We tried to encourage them to come in, but they just wanted a blanket. And mm. so we were, a, we were able to distribute hundreds of blankets uh, in the course of the week that led up to Christmas. And so that makes a big difference, uh, especially if somebody, for whatever reason, is is out on the street. Uh, it, it was a gift that kept a, a lot of people warm. Real quick, I know we have about a minute left. This is a, a fundraiser for you guys, but you guys were selected again uh, by the folks over at Alexander's Highland Market for their special fundraiser. Look, Mr. and Mrs. Lathan Alexander are a great couple, and uh, last year their donation um, came in. Uh, so anyone that's interested, uh, go to Alexander's Market and uh, participate in a wonderful um, event on January the 11th. Uh, Chef John Fols will be there, and last year it was a blast. They raised mm-hmm. over $40,000 for us and made a big difference in the lives of those in need. Yes, it's the annual Holly Jolly event at Alexander's Highland Market. If they want more information on that, as well as uh, maybe even volunteering, Michael, where do they go, buddy? Uh, go to svdpbr.org, and also for the event at Alexander's Market, go to their website as well as 
Go visit uh, them there uh, right off of Highland Road. It's a great place to shop and uh, wonderful people that made a tremendous difference last year. And they're making it again this year to help us to better serve those in need. Yes, by the way, again, that event is January 12th from 5 to 7. And it's a fun event, and uh, you can learn more about it. And at the same time, support St. Vincent de Paul. Michael, as always, thank you for your service. Uh, I admire you, brother. 34 years and counting. Congratulations on that as well. Thanks so much. Y'all take care, Damien. All right. Happy New Year again, buddy. Okay. All right, folks. It's 45 after the hour on this Tuesday morning on Wake Up. Don't go too far because when we come back, you'll be learning about the Walk for Life on the West Coast right here on Wake Up. Thanks so much for tuning in to Wake Up This Morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Collado. Our next guest is Eva Montaigne. She is the co-chair of Walk for Life West Coast. And today she joins us to talk about the upcoming march in San Francisco. Good morning, Eva. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning. It's nice to be here. Thank you so much for uh, talking to us about this very important march. The Walk for Life West Coast is the nation's second largest pro-life event, and it's going to be the 19th annual rally on Saturday, January 21st. We talk about the Walk for, march for, Walk for Life West Coast every year uh, in conjunction with the March for Life in D.C. and, of course, other local marches across the country uh, around the same time. But tell us the uniqueness of this, especially over in the Bay Area, San Francisco. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely we're in the heart of the most liberal pro-choice city in America. Well, maybe besides mm-hmm. L.A. <laughs> um, but yes, we have um, our 19th annual, like you said, and it's been quite um, controversial. And there's been many years that the city has officially come out against us and uh, official city mm-hmm. proclamations, etc. And But lately, it's been, they've been kind of leaving us alone. So it's been more of a, more of a quiet type from um, the opposition. However, this year, because of Roe v. Wade being overturned, it's probably going to be contentious. And there's already, uh, we've mm-hmm. noticed that there's already groups planning to come out and protest against us. So um, it's going to be very important that we do this to keep going because California has become a sanctuary state for the abortion industry, um, even going so far as to pay for people from other states to come to California to get their abortions. My goodness, we've certainly been uh, hearing about that and seeing that. Um, this is uh, c- kind of scary, you know. Um, how, when it, what? I'm trying to put this into words. What is something you can say that can encourage people to attend and join when you have something as extreme to say the city is against this march? That's 
pretty serious. Uh, but of course, this is something we truly value and believe in, um, especially as Catholics over at Catholic Community Media. Um, this is something that is so important and, and true. So what encouragement do you have and for people to go out and participate in something as wonderful as this march? Well, I think the, one of the main things that, um, the reasons that we do this is to encourage people because we've had many, many testimonials of people who have attended the Walk for Life and gotten so inspired by the crowds and the talks and, and just being together with other pro-lifers that they would go back to their, where they, in the cities that they came from and start pro-life clubs or, or write about mm -hmm. the pro-life movement in their schools, especially the young people, obviously. Um, so that's that's one of our main reasons for doing this, is to raise awareness to the the fact that abortion hurts women, and and mm -hmm. get people encouraged to get involved. That's why we have an info fair where different organizations can come in and distribute their information so that people know where they can volunteer, where they can get involved. So yes, that is definitely our focus and we try to make sure to let people know how they can get involved and stay involved. Last year, you drew more than 15,000 people uh, at the West for Life Walk for Life West Coast. That's absolutely incredible. If you've ever gone to a march as big as that or the one in Washington, D.C., and you go up a hill and you look behind you and you see all those people, it's an emotional moment. Um, and you realize that you're not alone. Um, talking about this event, uh, Eva, the speakers, you have some really powerful ones. Can you tell us a little bit about um, who that will be? Sure. Um, well, we have Reverend Childress. He's been with us almost all 19 years. Uh, I think he's missed one year. He is the most incredible speaker, and he gets the people, the crowds going, and so he's going to join us again. We also have Sean Carney, who is the head of 40 Days for Life. He's also a very powerful speaker, and they come every year, and um, we're very happy to have them with us. And then we have Rebecca Kisling, and she um, is a product of rape. She Her her mother was raped and, and was uh, encouraged mm -hmm. to have an abortion, and uh, so she has a very powerful story. And then we have Angela Mintner. She has had a couple of abortions and now is so pro-life that she has started a group, Sisters for Life, and she's going to come and tell us about her story, about the effects of her abortions on her life. So it should be quite the variety of speakers, and, and we look very much forward to hearing from them. This is a, a 1.8 mile route, a peaceful protests against abortion. Uh, will this be live streamed for those of us who aren't in the San Francisco area? Yes, EWTN has come out every year and they'll be joining us again. Um, so they'll be live streaming it. I'm not sure about any radio stations yet. We're still waiting to hear on that. Great, because that's something to definitely take a look at. We have about uh, a minute left. Tell us the importance of this one, because Roe versus Wade was overturned over the summer. I think this is probably one of the most important ones, but what does this one mean to you? Well, obviously, we're celebrating that victory. Um, however, living here in California, 
it basically what that, that did is even made it worse here because like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. it, we have now become a sanctuary state for abortion, meaning that it's good that and abortion from you know all now for all nine months, everything is legal. And we, wow. like I said, um, people will be coming here from out of state. And also Gavin Newsom has set up, where we mail out abortions. So basically the uh, morning after pill will be mailed to anyone who writes to us uh, in California to obtain it. So it's extremely important for us to keep our voices heard and to keep fighting this fight because it's here in California, it's only getting worse. My goodness. Well, you can count on our prayers. We stand with you uh, and we'll definitely be checking out that live stream. One more time, the date on when you will be marching. It will be January 21st. We'll start at um, 1230 and it will be live streamed on EWTN. And we look forward to anybody who'd like to join us from across the country to come and stand with us for life. And is that 12.30 Pacific time? Yes, it is. I'm sorry. I should have mentioned that it's Pacific time. <laughs> that is okay. Thank you so much, Ava Montaigne, co-chair of Walk for Life West Coast. Thank you so much for being with us today, and you can count on our prayers for you. Thank you so much for having me, and God bless you. Absolutely. And all the marchers out there who will be attending a prayer for their safety uh, and for a peaceful and prayerful march. So, uh, so good to hear from Eva and talk about this every year. It's so important. Yes, it is. And we're going to invoke Jesus's name and help Mm -hmm. and pray for the support of all those who are participating. Being uh, the fact that um, in honor of the most holy and adorable name of Jesus today, Let's go ahead and pray in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, O name of Jesus, sweet name, delightful name, consoling name, for what else is Jesus than Savior? Therefore, O Jesus, for your sweet namesake, save me. Suffer me not to be eternally lost, O good Jesus. Let not my inequities destroy me, whom thy bounty made. May we glorify you throughout our day, amen. In the name of the Father, Amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Peter Finney with the Clarion Herald will be with us. Dina Dow with the Diocese of Baton Rouge has an update. And Philip Campbell talks about the story of St. Genevieve of Paris. Have a wonderful Tuesday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.